Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast today we continue our director spotlight for one martin scorsese with his 2002 film gangs of new york this one was released on december 20th 2002 it was written for the screen by stephen zalian kenneth lonergan and jay cox nice i am colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And back like he never left, our first guest for the director's spotlight, my father, Justin Robertson. What's up, Dad? Guys, how we doing? Thanks for having me again. Happy to be here. Oh, of course. Happy to have you. Whenever we, or I, I should say, Joe, I know that you're okay with me just kind of deciding what we do. You're always down for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever course. I... Whenever Killers of the Flower Moon was like, yep, that's coming out. We started doing the director spotlights. One of my top priorities was getting around to Gangs in New York because I'd never seen it. And for years, you've been telling me that it's a goodie. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's one I always really enjoyed. And, and I hadn't seen it in you know, probably at least five years. So it was good to revisit. Good, good. Yeah, I'm a... Yeah, so you were obviously the first choice for the Gangs of New York. How, uh, how long have, do you remember seeing this when it came out, or how long do you think the relationship goes back with this movie for you? Um, you know, at that point, you were a toddler. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing a lot of movies uh, out at the movies. Fair. Yeah. So we probably, I mean, I'm sure I watched it the moment I could without leaving the house. So whether that be like when it was on cable or, you know, we may have, you know, rented it, something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we're talking, it was, it was 03 ish. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Hell yeah. I guess this, is this the first time we've had you on the podcast for a movie that's come out since you've been, alive. since I've been alive. Um, wow. Cause we did Howard the duck. Right. That was before our time. It was. What was the other one? Was the other one? Yeah. Oh, bottle rocket, which was before, oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. which was before my time as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, this is, uh, this is, uh, uh, yeah, we're in the, we're in the Colton era. Yeah. AC, AC, yeah, AC. after Colton. Uh, but uh, Joey, I know this was a first viewing for you. How are you feeling on the other oh, side? Yeah. Of oh man, no, I'm. Uh, I uh, I find myself in two different camps when it comes to sort or Scorsese movies. He has two different types of movies so far, um, and this is way more of my favorite. I don't know. It's kind of a blend of both of his genre of just kind of gangster. Uh, movies like Goodfellas and Casino, but kind of set back a hundred or so years mm. um, in the past. And I don't know, just kind of given a story just way over the top. The set bit, like the set design, all the stuff was just like insane. Like, oh, um, I think there's, I don't know, I was looking and there's only one use of CGI in the entire movie, and it's the elephant uh, that's running across the. Oh, really? <laughs> across the street and George Lucas was the one who 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 worked on it and he told Scorsese he said 
like he, he built these sets like the the huge wooden well i mean like all i don't know if the whole thing was built but they built like a lot of these sets and george lucas was like you know you you can just do this in cgi and uh he's like yeah you know i'm uh, i'm actually working on attack of the i'm working on revenge yeah. of the sith right now and yeah. uh and he eventually we've just convinced. i mean it's nothing but cgi we've got a yeah. you, you've met jar jar binks right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, scorsese was apparently adamant about not using cgi but george lucas convinced him for the elephant it's the way of the uh, future man yeah i guess so but but no I, I i loved this this is one of my favorites um from scorsese so far it, it kind of felt like after hours um after i finished watching that one just one that that took me by surprise that i didn't think i would like at all um but by the end of the movie i was like oh man no this this just felt like some something, something special something different mm. um that i haven't seen before no yeah it was a first viewing for me as well and i actually didn't end up getting around to a second viewing before we recorded here today so i'm it's the first movie we've done in a while where i'm one oh, viewing yeah. deep um it's rare i think it's been since probably Oppenheimer. Um, so it's been a long time, been a while, the Nolan spotlight, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. And, uh, one of the big reasons that I was looking forward to it is this year. I've kind of, I've always heard of Daniel day Lewis as being one of the greatest actors of all time. You know, there will be blood as a very prolifically considered great, great movie. One of the best movies of all time. And he delivers one of the best performances of all time. So I watched that earlier this year. I watched another Paul Thomas Anderson movie with him called Phantom Thread. And he's so good in both of those. And to see him here with a young Leo um, and them being kind of the headliners. I love young Leo. You know, we've talked about that recently with the top 100, him kind of popping up mm -hmm. as a younger man in my list. Um, I was I was very much so looking forward to this, and it did not disappoint. Uh, far from it. I and did Daniel Day Lewis just take the screen every time he was on. Like that dude was electric. Um, yeah. he I, I I think he's the performance of the movie without a doubt. I thought I was gonna go with with DiCaprio, um, for like the you know ha having to go back and forth between these emotions and everything. But I'm like mm -hmm. I don't I don't think there's any justifying. Uh, a performance better than than Daniel Day Lewis in this one. He was like, he was awesome, kind of like Joker level, kind of crazy for a role. It seems mm. like I don't know. It he was he was into it. Like I remember, um, I, I already was like, man, this dude's just crazy. But but whenever, um, like the scene where he's celebrating the battle and Leo's about to to throw the knife at him and try to kill him, he like gets on top of him and Leo spits blood in his face. And then he just he like, head uh, the, yeah, just, just, yeah just like screams and just head just keeps just yeah. going at him. I'm like, Oh my God. Like this dude is, yeah. is insane. Um, and yeah, his, his performance was awesome. Like I was mm -hmm. like, every time he was on screen, I'm like, man, this dude sucks. You know, like he's, he oh, is yeah. the villain, like the villain of the movie, but God damn, is he, oh, he's is great. he so fun to watch? Yeah. And yeah. Well, awesome. first of all, I'm glad you guys both enjoyed it because, Sometimes when it's a movie that I saw that I really liked, then I'm kind of hoping like, oh man, well, one, I hope it still hits for me. And then I hope like, well, I hope they, you know, yeah. I, I didn't build it up too mm -hmm. much. Um, because you know, you tend to romanticize on, on stuff like that. But, um, yeah, he, he stole the show. I mean, and what's interesting about his character is 
it's it, it's evergreen you know i mean like um even though it was set in the civil war time like really what it boils down to is just a dude that loves the country as he knows it or he wants it to be mm-hmm. and who cannot handle that the world is changing around him mm. you know what i mean like and that that's really the the, the yeah that's really what it is i mean it's you know it happens every every generation you know it's where, happening right now yeah exactly yeah. and you know that's that's what I, kind of i took from it that maybe i hadn't taken from the past you know in the past i would just watch and say man what an asshole mm-hmm. and he is but but i think a lot of it's just born out of he thinks he's right he thinks it's his country he thinks it's his america mm-hmm. things are changing and he can't he can't handle it mm-hmm. and, he, and he doesn't want it to happen he wants to do everything he can to prevent it you know all that good stuff yeah so, no yeah it is it is a very timeless kind of capturing of the american political landscape you know especially in the time that we live in right now uh you know obviously we're not running around with cleavers and uh you know tossing them at people and settling settling beefs by meeting in the streets 100 deep you know uh, fighter squads to fight (laughs) right to fight so the the, the fire burns but you know you said he was he was crazy and he's and he totally is but also like I think it's probably a relatively accurate portrayal of what a kind of a crazy guy would be in that time period. Like it was, mm-hmm. that's how you handled shit. You, yeah. you stabbed people and you, you know what I mean? There were, it wasn't a civilized country mm-hmm. somehow. That's insane to think right. about. Yeah. Like yeah. it's crazy to think like, it's not that long ago. Like, I mean, no. it's <laughs> it like it's, it's, it is kind of a while, but like several generations, but in the scheme of history, yeah, like, I don't know. We're kind of taught that it's just like, you know, the founding fathers sitting in the room, you know, making the laws, just doing the thing. And America's just becoming America. But, like, is is yeah. this really what's just going on? You know, well, just... And that was uh, almost 100 years after that. Mm-hmm. Right? So right. Yeah. the founding fathers yeah, did true. their thing. I mean, it's during the Civil War. So, I mean, you'd think, like, so that's a part of history. Mm-hmm. That's what intrigued mm-hmm. me when I watched it when I was younger was I, there was never anything said about how uncivilized society was around you know you just kind of think well the civil war is going on that's the big part of the time right i mean that's right. a pretty pretty big landmark um and so the fact that this was all going on and, and irish people were coming over by the thousands every day and every week and um you know we're be treat we're being treated the lowest of low it just you know and i i, I haven't fact checked everything but i think that a lot of it is I trust that a lot of it is historically, mm-hmm. you know, accurate in terms of just the the way it was back then. Yeah. Now the the evolution of racism and uh, oppression in a way where, like, even once upon a time, the quote unquote natives, as Daniel right. Day Lewis has claimed, mm-hmm. um, Bill That's Bill the Butcher, which is already deeply contrived. <laughs> like you right. are you are very wrong. You are not the natives. Uh, you might have been born here, but you are not the Native Americans. Um, for them to be like any immigrant, you know, mm. any immigrant. If you are, if you are coming off the boat, you are not a true American to him. And yeah. that's like a. It kind of goes against everything, you know, because you guys were probably taught it too, growing up. Oh, America was the melting pot. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, you know, bring your, bring your poor, your, mm-hmm. you know, your, you know, all that. Like mm-hmm. we will welcome you. Bullshit! It wasn't like that at all. It yeah. never has been. No, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. They were. They even put it like, um, 
I guess they were in New York, but in the North, but, um, he even said, I think like, you know, their jobs are being taken by black people for Mm. a certain amount and then even lower, um, from the immigrants. And so, so like they hate the immigrants even more than they do. Like he was obviously very racist against black people. Yeah. Just generally a hateful person. Uh, That was pretty clear, but like he hated immigrants almost even more, like even more. He was like, just purely transactional. Yeah, I have. Uh, I actually have the quote. I don't because you know it's a, it's a bunch of immigrants coming off the boats, mm-hmm. and he says I don't see no Americans. I see trespassers. Irish harps will do a job for a nickel. What a N word does for a dime, and what a white man used to get a quarter for. Man, yeah. so yeah, he's putting them. You know, he's putting them all below the white man, but he's certainly mm-hmm. putting the Irish people. Even below the former slaves, you know, like former enslaved people. There's a, there's a moment in this, uh, that just, it was one of, it was during the freedom celebration. Like, uh, when we cut 16 years in the future, um, the emancipation proclamation has been signed. Mm -hmm. The enslaved peoples are free, you know, quote unquote, quote unquote. Yes. Uh, it's a bystander who I think might be the Irish dude who used to roll with, uh, who used to roll with Leo's dad? The dead right, yeah. Uh, and now runs with Bill the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Where I think he says something like, uh, "They they want to make the white they want to make the white men slaves," you know, and like that was just so very obviously something that people yeah, think now. Been. You know, like uh, they're like, "Oh well, something's changing. They must want to oppress the." The, the white people, yeah, they must want to oppress enough. Christians. Soon no. enough, white people no. will be slaves. Yeah, like, I yeah. think I think it was, yeah, I think I, I remember that. I think it was him. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting to see, like, how parts of uh, Liam Neeson's gang went, like, kind of separate ways and how, right. like, some some stayed true, which was... A bit of a Mance Raider sort yeah. of thing going on with uh with his character he 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 brought the tribes together you know whenever they line up and they're like uh the chichesters oh, and uh, dude, that theme they're like uh like tribal kind of uh flute like kind like uh at the very beginning of the movie and then it like it sort of plays throughout whenever leo's like right, going yep. through his like revolutionary like he's he's kind of on that same spirit that you hear that song play and it's like i don't know you kind you're kind of like rump like going with them and and like uh whenever he gets his whole mob you know ready at the end it's like blaring like that's like it's so loud um and it's yeah, I don't I know I, I, a great use of the soundtrack like i agree mm-hmm. joseph like i yeah you notice the the flutes and the mm-hmm. like the kind of let's go to let's go to battle type stuff and right. and they did they all split like it's like he brought them all together and then once he once he died on the battlefield like they went like to your point they went their separate ways you had john c riley who became the you know sheriff or whatever he is or i don't i can't remember what his role was but and then like you said the little dude switched sides basically Mm -hmm. i mean at that point they were probably like hey we need to survive in a world that yeah they are we don't have our leader our fearless leader's gone we need to figure out how to live and they're literally outlawed by bill the butcher after Mm -hmm. that fight they're like you you can't even speak the dead rabbit's name anymore um after that battle and i i I mean, I I want to circle back to Daniel Day Lewis as Bill the Butcher because that's I mean easily the my favorite performance of the movie, which is saying a lot because there's a lot of really really good performances. He's just an arm and a leg above mm-hmm. everybody. Um, like an honorable villain, and it gives him like this. Yeah, he's thing. got a he's got a code, you know, yeah. and uh, it's yeah. that that he always is, makes it a little more interesting. 
What is it? Ears and noses will be the trophies tonight, but this man will not yeah. be touched. You know, he's like, he will cross over. Um, Keeps a little cold. shrine to him. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh-huh. like that's. Well, and he celebrates yeah. it every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. That's... Yeah, it's, yeah, I'll probably also to like remind everyone like, hey, you remember what, what I did. Like, I'm, yeah, like this, this was me who did this. Um, that little also, moment whenever, uh, Amsterdam and the former, the the one who used to be an Irishman, excuse him, he used to be an Irishman as Daniel Day Lewis delivers uh, that line. Whenever they get into a little fight, and the in the bar they've got the whole fighting Irishman stance going on. Oh, and they, uh, dude, oh my gosh, when you see yeah. a guy do that, it's over. You know, like yeah. I'm like, all right, all right <laughs> I'm man, like, you know what? Never mind. I don't really want to yeah. fight anymore, but, man. Yeah, I'm not a fighting man. Uh, it's just wild that, that that's how they used to. That's how they out. rolled, you know? You know, that's uh, funny. Like, challenge took, challenge accepted. All right, right let's, yeah, fucking, yeah. let's do this. The, the yeah. way they, like, split apart. They take off mm-hmm. the jackets really quick and go to their yeah. corners. Uh, but when during the fight, they knock the they knock the picture over, and the first thing Daniel Day-Lewis, Bill of the Butcher, does is go and pick it up, put it back, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, let's go ahead and work this out. Um yeah, just a just a really fascinating character and uh, a talent, just a ridiculously talented actor. I'm sure it's yeah. the top piece of trivia on the IMDb. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, to simulate his glass eye, which was amazing, like visually, it's because he literally put prosthetic glass over his eye and learned to tap it with the tip of the knife without blinking. Wait, it's over his real. It's eye? over his real eye. The dude's commitment to his craft is oh. fucking insane. Ooh, uh, I was wondering because I'm like, man, that does look really real, especially whenever it, they zoomed in on it. And it's like, real. It was the whole screen. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, man, and it has like the the American seal mm-hmm. kind of on it. I think, or like the yeah. um, or, uh, I don't know what what that that logo is necessarily, but uh, no, he was any he, and he cut it out because he he couldn't look at. Liam Neeson right. whenever he was dead or whatever that like he felt guilty for not being able to look at him he wasn't as on you know, as honorable as he thought so he cut you know one of his eyes out that's not like what I don't know I almost went with him for the character as well just because like I mean Wild I don't know, build a butcher yeah. like a dude's just a, a mob boss freaking sight like he's, yeah he's like Nicky Santoro and Ace rolled up into one Right, um, but you know, take it back two hundred years. Um, but no, I think I think uh, Amsterdam or Valen. You know, is is Valen just the last name, like the family name, or was that his father? Was, uh, no, okay. I, I took it as that was the surname. That was yeah, that was his family. Name. Okay. Um, yeah, oh, that that Valen. whole thing where he's, you know, some of his like. He steals, I mean, he steals the movie, man. I mean, like some of his dialogues, like the long ones he goes on where he's talking about what you were saying, Joe, like, I mean, he, he respects the hell out of the guy. He says, you know, I, yeah. I killed the last honorable man 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, and then he goes into that whole thing where he took his own eye and talks about he wanted, you know, he spared me because he wanted me to live in shame. And then he immediately after that, he goes, this is a great man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a great man. So I cut out, you know, so I cut out the eye that looked away. Um. Uh, yeah, it's just a great man. man. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah, what's also like, really, really, and I, I spoke, to, I've only seen those couple movies with Daniel Day Lewis. I've seen There Will Be Blood, which is in a similar, I mean, it's about 30, 40 years later at the beginning of the, of the 20th century when, uh, he strikes oil 
you know, and it, that's a little bit more of a similar character to Bill the Butcher, a little bit, not completely, but you know, he has he has more in common than he does with a uh, Reynolds Woodcock, his character in the Phantom Thread. If you watch Phantom Thread, he's a fashion designer, he's a dressmaker, um, and he's he's nutty, you know, he's a little different, but he's not like this, you know, like the 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 range this man has and the believable range he has to the point where I'm not even thinking of him as the same actor is it's it's unbelievable what was that one scene when he was like uh he was talking to somebody about how i don't know like someone might have died or an animal might have died or something like that and he started crying but it was like and then he like stopped and it was like a fake cry and he's like oh oh yeah oh what was that oh man that was so good like like just scaring the hell out of the guy like it, it was like um a pit oh the rabbit the rabbit died uh it was whenever leo he hung the rabbit up on the uh the little gate post or whatever and then he was like like the rabbit you know you know like a poor innocent rabbit had to die or whatever or something like that and then he just like (laughs) cut it and uh i forgot what what context that was in necessarily but yeah he's just like he's just Dilute, he's, like he's the Scorsese like, wild card in this one. Yeah. This is the one where he's the oh. Masha. He's the uh Joe Pesci in Goodfellas, Joe Pesci in Casino, uh Joe Pesci in anything yeah. else. That's that's the role he's doing yeah. in this one, you know. He's uh yeah. he's being the crazy motherfucker and he's yeah. doing it with a control that not a lot of Scorsese characters have, like Nicky Santoro, you know, like we did Casino earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And Joe Pesci's character in that, he's nuts. But he is not he is far from as honorable a man oh, yeah. as yeah. Bill the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think after this watch it, it became for me like um, you know, there's just a few actors, at least for me, that if they're in something, it's worth watch you know, like I'm gonna watch that because mm-hmm. and I think he's he's on that list for me now. Yeah. Like I'm gonna I'm probably gonna go look for movies that he's in because God, he just killed it, dude. Yeah, because you watched There Will Be Blood recently as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that was really good. Yeah, he's fucking fantastic in that. He's got a, uh, he doesn't have like a super deep catalog. He's pretty selective, you know, with his roles because he's, you know, it's, it's the craft for him. He's really method. He gets into the, okay. like, like I said, like he put it. prosthetic glass over his eye and That's learned to tap much. it with a knife That's without insane. blinking. Yeah. Um, cause even like, even to the commitment to go ahead and put prosthetic glass over your eye already you're going above and beyond to teach yourself to tap it without blinking is a different level of of that you know what i'm saying like uh that's just uh, impressive. blows my fucking mind that's that's a different level of acting um Hmm. and i don't know i i think my favorite scene uh we i think we were talking about it a little bit was whenever he was talking about how like his father was honorable and it was like right after uh amsterdam takes jenny to bed yeah i think in billy's yeah, she's bed. laying she's laying next to him is it in billy's bed as well oh i don't know because oh, yeah. he kind of he kind of comes in the room and when amsterdam wakes up he's like billy the butcher he goes like i just couldn't sleep you know whatever kind of like kind of like passive aggressive like couldn't sleep man you're with my girl and you're in my bed sort of th- i don't know like i was i was wondering uh 
what that if if that was like his bed and if that's he was, interesting like, no it, i mean like it's like the only bed in the entire fucking building which kind of implies to me that oh, it probably true. is his bed good catch um yeah no i hadn't thought of that either that's that is that's an even greater smite because, upon because the like obviously it's uh like his friend johnny like turns on him or whatever and then reveals who he is to billy uh or to bill and then that's when it, whenever he he knows knows what's going to happen but like in that moment i'm like wait a minute does he know like does he did he figure it out like right mm-hmm. now like is he is he pissed like is he is he kind of going on that like villain arc you know i'm going to tell you my whole life story and then i'm gonna i'm gonna kill you sort of thing you know i thought mm-hmm. like I, I thought he was about to explode at any moment. And, like, the whole time he's just wrapped in the American flag, just, like, right. sitting back on this yeah. chair, like, just monologuing. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this dude, like, he just, it was it was mesmerizing. Like, it, it, I think it's, it might be my favorite shot of the movie, and it's my favorite scene. Like, him just sitting mm-hmm. with the American yeah, the- flag. Like, his hair hairdo, oh, my God, how, like, disgusting that hair is. Um, yeah. But like and the flag, the colors were like super dude, vibrant. Was, I don't yeah, know if you guys yeah. noticed. That's usually the flag that was hanging up, though. Did you notice in another scene where that flag is usually hanging up somewhere around where the little shrine to the priest is? Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's it, it has you know it, they printed words on it, something to the extent of um, natives need to protect from mm-hmm. foreign. Yeah, and, that, yeah. and so. That's the flag he's actually wearing in that scene. It's usually hanging up on his wall. It kind of goes back to his, you know, him just being a psycho about them being actual natives and all that. But yeah, I agree, man. That that scene was amazing and that shot was amazing. No, yeah, I, I'm I'm fully with you. I thought like that was my gut. Like when I saw that scene. Typically what I do when we watch these movies is I go to the sheet, the Google sheet, as something occurs that I think at that moment in the movie that's my favorite part of this movie. And that was the one that I, I went ahead and put down as my scene. But then very short, shortly after the scene that I ended up going with was, uh, after his homie ratted and walked out, walked right past Leo. And it's in that moment that like, another thing is that Leo didn't plan on killing Bill the butcher that day. He knew he was going to have to after that, you know, he was like, Oh, well I'm fucked. Um, so he watches him walk past and he's like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do something. He brings Cameron Diaz on stage. He throws the knives. Um, but it's everything after that. Whenever Leo throws the knife, he cleaves it away with the cleaver, Mm -hmm. like blocks it and dude was fucking gnarly with it. And then he just kind of tells everybody in the crowd glass in one hand as well. Yeah. Doing his whole pitch or his whole like, uh, toast at the same time. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. Right, this dude so has is that, yours? that is my favorite scene. That yeah. is, a, yeah, that is an amazing. Yeah, and then freaking um, headbutts the dude goes crazy. Yeah. Oh, I think that you know, Joe, you'd mentioned you wondered if he knew. I think that scene where he's sitting by the bed is. I don't think he did know, and I think that's the most. Um, I don't want to call it vulnerable. But if you remember the end of that scene, he kisses his hand and puts it on his head and tells him, God bless him. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like he, in that moment, really was looking at him as a son. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, and so I think that feeds even more into the betrayal once uh, Johnny or whatever. Mm -hmm. Little dude from E.T. Yeah, E.T. You know, and it's always, guys, 
it's always a woman. It's always a woman. It's power, a, it, 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 it always is. It's the power of the, of it's the, the power. Woman. It's no? the power. Uh, no, yeah. I'm with, I'm with you. You know, I thought that, uh, yeah. it's just the, cause he even, he kicks off that scene where he's sitting next to his bed with like, uh, you know, I never had a son yep. or something like that. Right. And, uh, he goes, and what's interesting too is that I think until Leo, until Amsterdam, saw his friend leaving bill the butcher's office i think he'd kind of forgotten what he was doing you know i think he'd gotten enveloped in this role so to say i agree and that that actually is probably my favorite quote that kind of illustrates that fact he said it's a funny feeling being taken under the wing of the dragon it's warmer than you think Mm, that is a good one yeah Yeah. and that and that's when he because he does he gets pretty into it i mean he's his right hand man in a way he's his pro you know Mm -hmm. his protege when they're at the the show that bill the butcher almost gets killed at he saves his life and like that would have been that would have been washed his hands of it everything's good yeah and i think that part instinct part like he maybe cared he a little bit, but him. the other part is he wanted to be the one to kill him. Yeah, yeah. He's he like, fuck that. I'm going to be he the didn't... one that does it. Yeah, he didn't want some random assassin to come up and, and do what he's been wanting. Who do you work for? He's been plotting this whole time, dude. You know, that's that's, mm-hmm. that's the whole reason he's there. Yeah, you know, he might have might have gotten caught up in it a little bit and, and liked the money, liked the life he was living. Dude was in basically prison, right, for the first 18 years of his life. Yeah, um, the orphanarium. Yeah. Um and Hellgate, right? Oh, Is that what it was called? I think yeah. Something it didn't seem fun whatsoever. He tried to escape many times. That adds more time. You know, so he, he spent more time in there than he even needed to, I guess. Um but yeah, no, I I uh That's a m- good quote. Of, that, I, I did, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even remember that one off the top of my head, but there's another uh Amsterdam quote. Kind of him, just like a, a narration quote like that one. He says, when you kill a king, you don't stab him in the dark. You kill him where the entire court can watch him die. Watch. Yeah. Um, and that, I don't know, just kind of, kind of, you know, he's, he, yeah. he is kind of a man of honor, I guess. You know, it's, it's sort of a less honorable kill. Um, but as, as assassinations go, killing a man with throwing a knife, you know, killing a butcher with a throwing knife during the ceremony in which he is glorifying the death of your father. Mm. I don't know. That's a story that'll go down in history right there. Um, dude, dude was a one for the theatrics and didn't really know it. Um, Oh yeah. He even, and he still, he did what he had to do, but I like that that line almost kind of foreshadowed that things don't work out the way you want them to. Like, even so, he did kill him in the open, but they were surrounded by fog. Nobody could see them. It was a one-on-one thing. It was very personal. Mm-hmm. It actually yeah. reminded me of that quote that uh, the boxing announcer said. Yeah. The more, where, that I thought of that a lot. Yeah. Uh, the, the like, these two men knew each other more than anybody possibly could have because they fought to the death. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... uh. That's a, it, it was a certain level of intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very profound. Um, and, and forgive me because I, I, uh, I was gonna, I tried to, I tried to take notes on scenes, um, and tried to remember some of the categories you guys run mm-hmm. down. So some of them I'm just gonna, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do off the top. So that, so then scenes, that's your favorite scene then, Joseph, right? Is mm-hmm. the one where he's sitting by the bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine was when yeah. he c- calls him out in front of the, yeah. in front of the court also, by the way. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Now, and then uh, your line and your line were both really good. I also went with an Amsterdam line, but it was the uh, it was the closing remarks, basically the en- the very very end of the movie. Yeah. Um, whenever he's presi- he's you know we get the flashing through of the arrows of New York. That's my favorite mm-hmm. shot. Oh, dude, gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That was my my alternate shot. I'm glad. Glad yeah, it's getting that. that. But I just thought that what Amsterdam was saying during it was so profound. Like, uh, and no matter what they did to build the city up again for the rest of time, it would be like no one ever, no one ever knew we was here. Mm. I was like, ooh, yeah, god damn. And the way it it kind of shows, you know, the city skyline and its evolution over all those years, and 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 then the twin towers are are yeah. Yeah, Apparently, it was delayed quite a bit uh, because of the. I believe that. Because of 2001 and mm-hmm. um but then like they had they were told to paint out the towers um, mm, scorsese, no scorsese was very adamant oh, really? not uh yeah, no yeah like, that's the right move yeah, i think yeah. like because for, for kinda, things like it, this kind of exactly. worked out beautifully like at like not knowing like obviously he did not make this knowing that this was going to happen and like pay right to like things that people will never forget, you know, or it like adds or, a know, weight like, to the yeah, end of this yeah, movie. It was that like, it wouldn't whoa, have had yeah, yeah, yeah. End of the quote. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive to the whole, I mean, if you were to take them out and he's saying, you know, there would be like, no one even knew he was here. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's kind of the point of keeping them in there. Yeah, exactly. You know? No, I've, I've, I've always been very adamant about that argument. There are a lot of people who think that mm-hmm. if you have something set, that's going to pass through 2001 in New York. You don't have to go out of your way to show them, but if you show the New York skyline, yeah. like it's pre two thousand one, it's going to have the twin towers mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. And I think that, like, uh, I love, I do love that last shot, just the evolution of their graves mm-hmm. sitting right there because it was it was Bill the Butcher buried next to Priest Valen, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was and strong. Their headstones are gone, like completely. It's just like, yeah, yeah, like a hill, yeah. you know, and it like makes you think, you know, like oh my gosh, like random fields you know in new york could just once be, yeah yeah well battleground well you know, where well, cities one, where cities are built yeah. up there mm-hmm. wasn't under always city there yeah under those skyscrapers is just an absolute battleground every day mm. like underground too like the underground presence of new york i wonder how like oh, yeah. real that was that's like okay, that's like the caves they were in and, yeah, yeah. I know. yeah um that's that's kind of nuts i don't i i never really knew about that um but man, what a what a a time not to be alive, you know? Yeah, either, yeah. Either you're, I was not there. You're, you're kind of <laughs> either all about that life, and like you're all in, and you want to be kind of like you know the sheriff, kind of like the uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, is Happy it Brendan? Is it Walter? Oh, McGinn? Monk. Is that a? Is it the guy with the club? Monk. Uh, yeah, Monk. I can't remember. Is it Monk? That's my favorite character. Dude, no, he was sick. Yeah, I no, loved he, him. Yeah, that. I, Whenever he starts running for yeah. office, and they're yeah. like, uh, they like, we're like, well, an Irishman's never gonna get there. And then like he starts giving speeches, yeah, and they're like, oh shit, we should have had him run for mayor. Like yeah. <laughs> this dude, yeah. this That's, dude is made for this. Alternate for my favorite line was, uh, he says, "Can I say what I want?" And then all Amsterdam was like, yeah. "That's why I chose you." You know, he's like, or that's why I wanted you. And then you just see him out there, just like going off you know and, and the crowd's just going crazy for him and and uh i don't know it's like okay like i know this the tide's turning like you're feeling really good for everybody and mm-hmm. then 
Bill, you know, the butcher comes in and just absolutely no honor, dude, whatsoever. Yeah, that was that was when uh, it's one of my favorite things about movie villains is that every single one of them that you find to be honorable in some capacity, eventually everything they stand for begins to collapse in on itself or else they're not the villain. Yeah. You know, it happens it happens in almost every major every major franchise, yeah. you know, like even uh even in Marvel, which I'm not gonna compare a Scorsese movie to Marvel because that'd just be disrespectful <laughs> to the man. But uh it it to see him stoop to those lows was kind of a sign that he is he's over he's over it. You know, he's done with the yeah. with his whole thing. And if he does proceed with it going forth, it's a facade at that point. Now he's no longer honorable no matter what he does. And yeah. I think that's uh, that's really cool. Yeah, and I he mean knew. that's peak that's peak him seeing the world change around him, mm-hmm. like and resisting as much as he can. And then it's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna throw this cleaver in this this dude's back in the broad yeah. daylight with people yeah. watching. And right after he was like, "No, I will not fight you in the street. Look, city, look what he's trying to get me yeah. to do. He's trying to yeah. get me to fight him. I will not do that. I'm a peaceful man. Let's talk inside. Let's solve this the democratic way." Yeah, and uh, the minute and then, he turns his back to walk in. Boom! Yeah, the shitty whole... shit. Mm-hmm. Man. No, yeah, but I I liked Monk a lot, so I, I did end up going with him for my favorite character, just because I like, got the beginning when he's like a ten per notch, and Liam Neeson's like yeah. per new notch, uh, yeah. and he's like, "You got yourself a deal," and he kicks oh, open the door. I also just love Brandon Gleason. You know, I loved him in uh, he was in Banshees of Inisherin last year, hmm. um, which is a movie that I absolutely adore. So when he yeah. popped up, it was kind of cool just seeing a bunch of like really great Irish actors all just kind of pile up right next to each other. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, well, yeah. and you know, you think in the beginning when he gets in the priest's pocket, like, Oh, this dude, just touch wants- and delicate, but fair this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that line. Um, and it ends up, he was holding on to, um, he held on to the 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 neck the the piece. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and gave, gave it, it back to him. To, yeah, um, yeah. And I don't know if that was his, you know, his intention by going in the guy's pocket because he legit just yeah. said, "Hey, you know, ten per." Yeah. Um, but I thought that wrapped up well too. No, I lo- yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Whenever he pulls him aside, and he's like, "Yeah, I saw you. I know who you are." Yeah. Like, uh, ironically enough, the one who was the mercenary, essentially, the one he had to pay I to fight, was the one who. Yeah. The one who was able to look at his son and go, that's the yeah, priest's son. Yeah. You know, like I thought that was, I thought that was cool, which was another reason that I kind of, I, I loved that character. There are so many great lines in this movie. Cause now I'm thinking of, cause I, the, it's a touch and delicate, but it's fair. You know, like, uh, that whole thing was funny whenever Amsterdam introduces himself to Bill and he's like, I'm Amsterdam and he goes, I'm New York. You know, yeah. I, uh, I loved that. That's, uh, and just, I love Daniel Day Lewis's voice in this movie, like the the accent he's struck up. This because it is a New York accent, but it's a New York accent you don't hear anymore. Old timey, yeah, yeah. It's really, really strong. Um, mm. And I'm uh, I'm curious about. There's a line that Leo delivers at the beginning of the movie where he says something about how you know his voice had changed and. You know, there are all sorts of accents in New York. They won't they won't know the difference. It made me realize that I've never heard Leonardo DiCaprio do a lick of voice work with anything like anything with his voice. And it made me curious if he can do it. 
Right. Um, you know, I mean, like he changes it a little bit in a lot of things, you know, like Jordan Belfort doesn't sound exactly the same as, as, uh, his character in The Departed and, and stuff like that. But he, he does not do the voice work that Daniel Day Lewis is doing in this wow. movie, you know, and, uh, yeah, no. He shows it a little bit in one of the quotes that I like that it, it just because like it makes you think, man, people really talked that way back then. Yeah. Right. Where he says he sees, um, Jen. Oh, and, yeah. he, and he says, she's a prim looking stargazer. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, dude, that's how, that's how guys got down back yeah, then. Like, oh. like, you know, that, that, yeah. and I wonder like, okay, is that like, that's 1860 she fine. Yeah. yeah. Like how, <laughs> how dirty is that? Yeah. yeah I don't right. know. Like, is that, what do you, yeah. in fact, that in, modernly, that'd be like, it feels like it'd be incredibly nice. You You're know, right. yeah, she's right. a prim looking stargazer. Yeah, that's a prim looking stargazer. And that, like him. Telling her like, oh my, he called you a prim looking stargazer. He yeah, wants no. you so bad. Like, yeah. oh <laughs> I love that first scene where Jenny picks uh, his boy's pockets and he's like, I let her, I let her steal stuff all the time. And you knew right then that dude was a simp. Oh yeah. yeah. The hard, one of the he's biggest simps in movie yeah. history. Yeah. I mean, he's so, so unlikable. I mean, right <laughs> from that moment, I'm like, this a dude. A narc and a simp, dude. Yes. Oh my I mean, what a deadly yeah. combination. Dude. Wow. That's why you ended up hung up on that fence. Yeah, no shit. What a brutal thing, too, man. That's, yeah. that's awful to, like, that's to even think about or see like that. Yeah. Like, wow, that's vicious. They did that to him. Like, And I, I liked that Amsterdam, uh, he still mourned him a little bit, even though he'd given like he'd given him up. You know, It was still a moment where it was like he wouldn't have died if it wasn't for Amsterdam. And I think Amsterdam kind of knew that. You know, he was right. so he uh, it, it's just kind of like the the beef that he has with with bill kind of it starts to affect other people's lives and that's when he's like all right you know what dead rabbits are back let's fucking do this thing. yeah and i think that you know there's a certain aspect of with like johnny um johnny that's right I kept wanting to call him henry i think that's his character in et probably yeah where he you know it was the first one that recognized who he really was mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like there's a certain like i don't want to call it trust but like Man, this guy has held it down. You know, he he's knows the one who I took am. Out the guy's he's knees. The, he's the guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he, so I'm sure there was this. It was hard, which is why he ended up, you know, putting him out of his misery, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. damn, that's a good scene too. I'd forgotten that he yeah. that he actually did the last little bit there, mm-hmm. and Jenny's um, right there with him too, mm-hmm. kind of back and and he just I don't know he's Amsterdam just kind of has to sit there for a minute and kind of be like just you know kind of contemplate it all and that scene is powerful too because the the shot rings out and the butcher was sharpening his his Mm. cleaver and his and his knives and when the shot rings out he stops and there's a little bit of silence and then he goes right back and sharpening his piece you know he's like yes it has happened you know like he's uh, like he went he did mm -hmm. it yeah no yeah that's uh it, it was i'm i'm having the same thing that we have with most of the movies Usually when we talk about one, I either like it less or I like it more and I like it more the more we talk about yeah. it. It's a, it's, this is a strong one, dude. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, do you have any, uh, subversions for your favorite character potentially? Or are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, it'd be easy to pick any one of them. Um, I, I, I did find it interesting, although there's, there are a lot of people that pop up that you recognize from other things. Mm. But there wasn't a whole lot of character development outside of just a real handful of, oh, yeah. you know, the, of the cast. I, I have, I, I, I like Jenny a lot. 
Um, I like pick. a strong. She was a down ass chick, man. I mean, yeah. she was ride or die. She was ready to go for him. She was obviously very cagey. Um, she could take care of herself. What she, was the What was know, the term they called her? And like, because she's oh, a pickpocket, right? Things, but, two things. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't remember what it was because but, she'd uh, also just show up at rich people's houses and act mm-hmm. like one of the wait staffs or whatever yeah. servers. Yeah, Problem I can't remember the term either. Yeah. But, um, oh. There was an there was like the interaction that her and Leo have. Yeah. Cameron Diaz is an interesting actress for me because um she's been really really good in a lot of stuff and she's been in stuff that's just not very good right. and it reflects poorly upon her performance even though she might not have done anything particularly right. bad. Um I was I was re- like when she popped up I was like, "Oh, Cameron Diaz is in this movie, you know?" Like most recently I think I'd watched her in the mask with Jim yeah, Carrey, you know? So like, so uh, yeah. So I was like, uh, I was, I was interested to see how she would hold up. And there's that scene where Leo catches her outside of that rich people, that rich person's house. And they have like that really electric chemistry moment yeah, where I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Tits. <laughs> it's super, intense, super intense. And like he, he keeps leaning into the blade up against mm-hmm. his neck, you know, yeah. like do it, you know? Um, yeah, I, I just like, whoa, like no dude has ever, you know. Yeah, I, right. I I usually take all the things from the guy, you know. I'm I'm never I'm never found out. Like she was, right. she had like like ten necklaces. Uh, she, right, she, said, she was like, I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm not sure which one's yours, man. You he take was, it. That's that's just like a normal day. That's just like that's her. She's going on her morning walk and yeah. on. On the way she got on the bus, you she know, said something it. about how she saved. I can't remember how much money it is per week, but she's like, so now I have like yeah. two hundred fifty cents yeah. to every dollar, or like twenty five cents yeah. to every dollar. She's like, so like now that. I have. I've been doing that for ten years. Now I have two hundred and fifteen dollars, and I was like, my god, <laughs> because well, and what's funny about that scene too is that's when she's talking about going to San Francisco, and I found it so amazing that the quickest quote unquote quickest route or and probably safest at that time is they had to wrap all because there was no I can't remember the canal. No canal. Yeah. Forgive me, yeah. but had they had to wrap all the way around South America and up and that's the quickest was, way. Right? Like yeah. that I mean there's Holy no telling how long that took and there's probably some truth to it. You didn't want to navigate the native the true Native Americans yeah, around right. that time and go west. But yeah, that that was wild too. Yeah, no, I uh yeah, because that would have been prior to like the boom out west for like the 49ers and stuff. You know, it's uh, yeah, that that was like part of her dream. They're like, people are people are pulling gold straight pulled out of river. river. You yeah, know? Like, mm-hmm. we have to go. Like, we have to get in on this. And it's I don't know that's that's like the Oregon Trail, right? Like whenever yeah. people were or the gold rush is that the same thing? The Oregon Trail is that is that like during the gold rush or is that before? Uh, I mean, I think it was all relatively post. Um, Civil War. So, I mean, it was probably around all around that same time that a people lot of were people heading west. Yeah. A lot um, of people died trying to make that trip. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which would point to why she was willing to get on a boat from New York to yeah. San Francisco and travel. Gosh, mm. how many thousands of miles would be a boat? Yeah. Cause it, I mean, east to west, the Oregon Trail was a 2,170 mile large wheeled wagon route that mm-hmm. connected the Missouri River to valleys in Oregon. Mm hmm. So it would be even further, further from New than, York. yeah, because it starts in Missouri and ends in Oregon. Yeah. It, it started in the 1830s. Yeah, they really had to go on a boat. Yeah, by the 40s. Yeah, they're going on a boat for sure. Yeah, no, I'm not doing. Yeah, no, That's fuck wild, no. Though, Especially not at that wild. time, bro. 
Like I'm not, I'm not going to drive from New York to California now, you know, <laughs> that's true. You know, yeah. like, uh, and it, it'll take me what few days yeah, roads. Um, they didn't, they didn't really have roads, you know, yeah. back then at all. Um, man, what a, what a time. And that's like, dude, that's like three humans ago. You get that time, you know, if they live very, very full lives. Yeah. yeah. I mean like, yeah, obviously. But like you have a tr- yeah yeah no no three p- it, it's possible for someone born in 1865 could have died in 1965 and yeah, that person a, could actually a still be alive. Grandchild of someone alive during that time could be alive right now. They'd be very old, but very possible. Mm. Um, well, life expectancy was very a lot lower mm. back then, probably because people were getting murdered in the streets left and right, right. right. not just because of disease and health, just uh, the actual danger of everyday life back then was an actual risk wild wild east man yeah no i had no idea like zero clue i know and the irony of that too is like everybody looks at i think that's what kind of struck me is um it's a it's a part of history you weren't really ever taught and it did happen and it was in new york and new york is what's new york it's the greatest city in the world right yeah and it's it just paints it in a time where that's but that's what it was then Mm -hmm. you know and well, even uh, less than a hundred years earlier, it wasn't until the late late seventeen hundreds that the capital of the United States was right. moved from New York. Right. Like it was New York less than a hundred years before this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if it was, it was like this a little bit later than that, what was it when it was the capital of the United or, States? Or, you know, or was it more civilized? Right, or or, or, or did it was it more devolve into this? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's like kind of the many, impression I get. Too many is... people in one place, mm, like, right? Uh, and in in like a sense of new land, freedom, no king watching over us. You know, like in over in Europe, there you know it's way more civilized. You have a king and very strict laws, and you know you have to do I don't know do whatever the king says. But over in America, you know you do whatever you, you do want. whatever Bill the Butcher says. Yeah, you, you're. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like. Even if it was a civilized city, which I think it was probably more so, you know, back when it was the the capital. But, I mean, think of it now. Miami, whatever port city, if 15,000 people are coming from another country a day on boats, think of the chaos that ensues. Just from, like, to your point, you're like, so many people. Like, even today, that would be wild. Like, that would would be, be, how sustainable would that be? Mm. You know, how, I mean far more now than than then but it kind of makes you think of how shit could go sideways pretty quick if that many people and that was i'm assuming i don't i'm not a history buff i'm assuming that was pretty much the only way to get to get here oh yeah it's new york you know and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah just probably a few other port cities but like that was yeah ellis island that was that was the place you know like that was that was the place to be um i uh yeah i've I couldn't even fucking imagine living in a time period like that. Like that's beyond me. But uh No, nah, it was a I was I was really really satisfied with this movie overall. My uh, my favorite shot was actually really early on in the movie. Like I I took it down, you know, as I said as it happened and then there was never another shot in the movie where I was like, yeah, that's better than that. Uh it was when I can't remember I think it's I believe it's Amsterdam. He grabs a Bible and he throws it in the water. 
mm-hmm. and the slow motion of the Bible, like splashing into the water, which it's night. So the water's like black and yeah. it, it like slowly goes below the surface was just so cool. I, uh, yeah, I think I it was it, like after that dance where mm-hmm. Jenny chose him yep. and it was kind of like a religious you're kind of like in a church sort of place. Yeah, yeah. And the guy and, comes and up to him and he's like, like May God Bible. bless you. Go to yeah, hell. He's like, yeah. go to hell. <laughs> Bible. And yeah, that, I think he just chucks it off the bridge, like at right after that. I, maybe. That's yeah, because him and him and Jenny were like laying next to the water right before that and uh Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, then that's... he got he he realized how well she possibly knew the butcher and he was mm-hmm. like, Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. But going back to where she chose him, that that was another Telltale sign of Johnny being a simp. He got yep. all bent out of shape yep. that she didn't pick him. He was ready too. He, yeah, thought, he was like, yeah. He thought for sure. And now's oh, my time. Yeah. yeah what's this, and also, what's this Scorsese thing about scars on women? Scars on women, you know? Mm. Like, uh, you have another, like in After Hours. Um, yeah. Like the, the fear of, of scars. Well, and then to connect it to one. Casino, her relationship yeah. to Bill the Butcher goes back oh. to when she was a very young girl. And. Uh, and she yeah. does the whole thing where she's like, it's okay. He didn't touch me until I asked him to. Yeah. But that's still like. Turn him off even more kind of, you know. He kind yeah. of. Like, obviously you don't ever wish that upon a person. But it was like, oh, you you were actually like okay with. Like, you're okay with this guy. And like, you're like the man who murdered my father. You know, so many conflicting feelings are going mm-hmm. on at once for him. He doesn't know how to feel. Um, right. He's so like turned on and turned off at the same time. You know, yeah. he's like. Like God, the sexual tension is is unreal right now. But like at the same time, like you've been pampering my father's murderer, you know, yeah. for quite a while. So it's like I don't know. Um, but you know, they, but yeah, they they but eventually have their good night. Um, I think in the in Billy's bed, which is hilarious. Yeah, so, it's just another little uh, layer there. Just, just kind of like, all right, dude. Can't sleep. Like, what the fuck? Now I'm gonna. Yeah, because he was like, he was drunk as fuck, just like watching yeah. them. Yeah. He, she like goes over and like tends to Billy, oh, and then and he like the whole he gets up, too. chases her down the hallway, and then takes her upstairs. Right? Like, isn't that how that goes? I think, yeah, because yeah, mm. he does. He goes after, her and then and then they end up upstairs, mm-hmm. yeah, or wherever wherever they ended up. Um, mm. an- another um thing that just kind of caught me was when. Amsterdam was sharp enough to, you know, they were going to, they were going to, um, shut down the boxing, that mm. boxing match. And because it wasn't allowed in the city and he's, yeah. he just looked at him and he goes, where does the city end? Yeah. And the thing that got me though, is when they announced the winner, the winner of that fight won in the 75th round. Yeah. yeah. And like, oh my you gosh, yeah. it, like you read stuff. I mean, it used to be like boxing was like, you fought until, Someone went down. Oh 75 like, rounds. 75. Dude. I forgot about that part. Yeah. yeah. Like, that I, know, I don't think that person's living anymore. Like, that's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he is, not for long. Oh you know, God. like, uh, yeah. It, yeah. It, neither of them actually, you know, even the winner is dying within I months. I have exhaustion. You know? yeah. yeah, exactly. The setting, however, for a boxing match like that would be extremely cool. Oh yeah, uh, the docks like they're surrounded yeah, yeah. by water. That'd be hard. That's one decision. It's it's kind of like Jordan Belfort being like these these penny stocks aren't. To, are you kidding? I get how yeah. I get what I get how many percent? You know, it's kind of like yeah. that one decision that changed everything. It was just to him being like, "Where does the city end?" Oh, okay. Let's well, right, we'll let's have it here it. in the water. Yeah. 
Um, and and he's you know thank you to to Bill the Butcher for all of you know all of the events and his young accomplice and then, yeah you know, people yeah, are giving him some shine. The ring. Mm-hmm. He's like all right you know he, he's he's liking it but he's like and oh, B- well and Bill told him that like right yeah. didn't Bill say hey don't forget this guy over here made it happen so it showed him a little love there no, um, yeah just a. a one of the more interesting character dynamics, and I, I, again, it kind of to compare it to Casino last week, a little bit of a Ace Rothstein and Nikki Santoro thing, where you know they're friends, but they're enemies, but they're friends, but they're enemies. You know, like there's this uh, there's this yeah. love hate thing going on, and uh, I think you find that with a lot of a lot of his movies. Um, mm-hmm. Goodfellas yeah. has a little bit of that with Henry Hill and uh, and uh, Robert De Niro's character, and obviously Joe Pesci. Uh, is just a new since the entire fucking movie. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Jordan Belfort considers letting Donny Azoff die. You know, like he's like, uh, this would make shit so much easier for me. You know, and then he he does he ends up saving him anyway. But like, there, it it occurred to him, yeah. maybe I let this guy die right now. You know, like so there, there's mm-hmm. this really interesting thing Scorsese does with relationships. If they're even, I think his movies are a lot better outside of the romances you know like uh the dichotomy between two people who are just uh friends or enemies like he he does a really good job with that and this was probably his most interesting relationship formed yet i would say well in the, when... with... oh, go ahead, Joe. I, I don't know i was just like confused at the end a little bit i don't know maybe i didn't just quite catch on what was going on but like when the mobs were all marching and then it kind of like phased back and forth and but like maybe like one of those mobs wasn't actually like it was represented as like a different group like i felt like it kind of or maybe it was flashing just back and forth between different marches that were happening at the same time that's what it was there, like there, yeah there was a group that was um because during at some point in the movie too um amsterdam during his his uh, narration basically says, you know, we never thought the civil war would um, impact New York, mm-hmm. right? So they're they're thinking that they're they're not mm. going to be affected by it. But when they started to implement having to this draft, like you're gonna you're gonna get drafted or you're gonna buy your way out of the draft. I think oh, Joe, what you're referencing right. is the mob that was basically we're not going to go to war for you. Mm-hmm. So that was all going on. You know, that's right. it, it is a little, a little hectic and it's, but that, that's my interpretation of it. it I, I, I'm sure there's a deeper meaning of how they're related, but it seems. Yeah. Seems they're unrelated. definitely trying to do like an overlay of the civil war with the civil war happening within mm-hmm. New York. But it also confused me as well because I was like, a lot culminated here a lot more than I thought the movie was about. And then it all, it all happens right at that and same place. And there's also like the rich kind of manipulating things as well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we have to hang four people. Like, yeah. like we have to yeah. hang someone. And, well, like, and they're all like, and they're all like, yep, I'm ready. Like you know, that. like yeah. Uh, yeah. That, the guy that Bill the butcher talks to. And he's like, uh, he's like, are you, are you ready, man? And he's like, yep. Today's my day, you know. Guess the this, one this, guy this that was I'm like, I didn't, I did nothing wrong. Not a day in my life. Where's my son? You know, or my daughter, yeah. or whatever. Like, that was, that was. Don't rough. look and away. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, it definitely man. illustrates the class separation. Oh, for sure, big time. Well, and and that's the moment when because Leo had was that bef- I think he was on Billy's side at that point. Like he'd been real down with Billy. Uh, obviously, he's doing his whole thing, but whenever he. he 
watches them hang this man as his son watches. It's kind of when he goes, oh, that's right. You know, like, uh, that's why I'm here. I've got to, got to do something yeah. about the Billy guy. You know, yeah, he does, he does lose himself yeah. in all the rise quite often. He, he, you know, I mean, he, he's doing well for himself, you know, just kind of sticking by, uh, good old Billy here. You know, mm. it's just things are going well for him. He's getting yeah, a lot he's of capable. money. Getting, yeah. He's, he's doing his thing, but he's, I don't know. He's every time he's reminded of like why he's there. Oh, it's yeah. always really awesome. Or like, or a scene where he can't reveal any emotions of like who he is, oh, yeah. and then like where after Bill leaves yeah. the room and breaks down, um, was was really good. Uh, that's why I like almost considered him for the performance. Was like the moments like that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis is just so good in this movie, man. Yeah, like it's uh, kind of uh, undeniable. Yeah, as far as the movies we've covered for Scorsese so far, I think quite easily the best performance out of any of them, uh, in yeah. my opinion. Um, this is like almost like uh, the equivalent of Nolan's spotlight, like a Heath Ledger Joker. Like this mm. is like I don't know. It's it's nuts how villain just took over the main character like completely, pretty much. Like every time he was on screen, right. just just through his performance. I think it was uh, uh, it was Training Day where Denzel Washington was billed as number two behind mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke. But then every time Denzel was on screen, it was like, well, this is actually the main character of the right. movie. Um, mm-hmm. But that's kind of the same thing you got going on with Daniel Day-Lewis in this one. Um, but man, yeah. yeah. Is there, is there anything you think we're missing or are we, we about ready for a rating on this bad boy? I think maybe, did you say a scene? Um, I don't know. I guess you talked about a couple scenes. I don't. Did you ever lock down one particular? Talking about me scene? or my dad? Father. Um, um, I, I, mine was, um, mine was when he was at the bed wrapped in the flag. Yeah, yeah. And okay. that whole dialogue where his, yeah, that was so strong. His face was beat to a pulp, and his, you know, yeah. and he goes through that whole thing, and then talks about taking his own eye, and I mean, it's just that's. I mean, he's just monologuing. You know, that's just yeah. that's that's him getting to. Mm-hmm. perform you know yeah. um him and scorsese actually collaborated one other time as far as i know really and i plan on watching that tonight actually it's called the age of innocence which yeah. i take to be a little bit more of like a just based off the poster i've not read anything about the movie i've not <laughs> watched a trailer or anything i take it to be sort of like a shakespearean romance movie oh, okay that's uh, him and winona writer um which what what, what year are we talking 90 around? oh wow okay one ninety two, ninety three, I think. Um, yeah, so I'm like, I, I'm certainly going to watch that after watching this. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis and Scorsese seem to have a repertoire that I can get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was awesome. Um, and as far I don't know the, I it, we I think we said last episode that Casino was the most visually appealing Scorsese movie so far, and I think that is. Has been beaten, um, in my opinion. I think like the mm. the set designs. Uh, I can a lot of I can get behind the idea of the uh, set design and the costume uh, design being elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe not the cinematography. The cinematography like, for me in Casino was um, ridiculously good. that that I can see. But like as as far as oh creating an real, environment, just like yeah, just the the world that they built. Like it was. Yeah, I mean, I like they like, could have filmed Casino in Vegas. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't have had to, they wouldn't have had to do anything. It's a believable environment that there is nowhere in America in 2002 
that looks the way Gangs of New right. York looks. You know, like yeah. that's they had to build this. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that was, yeah. There's no doubt that that part of it, the creating a time period, which I always think Scorsese is very, very good at as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you think about Wolf of Wall Street, the way he depicts the '80s and uh, Goodfellas, this this evolution from the '60s to the '70s to the '80s. You know, like uh, he really captures that really effectively. And to take it back to as far back as I believe he'll go, depending the age of innocence. When I watch that, I don't know how far back that is, but uh, well, the new one, um, Killers. Yeah, that's going to be the early 1900s. Really? Is that yes. World War? You know, right before? I didn't. Okay, I didn't realize that. I, yeah. I just assumed I that it was earlier than that. Okay. No, yeah, it's uh, it's. I, I read the book that it's based on, and I'm very like. If, if it's adapted well, it's going to be a ridiculously good movie. It like, lo- uh, I mean, it looks amazing. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. And uh, yeah, it's like late 1800s into the early 1900s because uh, it's kind of the first, the first investigation of the FBI before. Like, it's kind of responsible for the formation of the FBI. This investigation. Oh, okay. Um, here so look about these J. Edgar Hoover is involved and stuff. So like he, it's crazy how long of a reign in history he had because he's still relevant into the sixties, but mm-hmm. he's also relevant at the beginning of the 20th century, which is like an absurd amount of power for one person to have. But, uh, yes, I don't know. Makes me excited to see what he's doing in killers. Cause he can, he can really capture the time, the time oh, period dude. really well. I, think, I mean that movie yeah. looks so fucking good. Every trailer is so so good. Like I I cannot wait for it. But uh, yeah, how about how about we rate this bad boy? Uh, we've only got enjoyment and critical rating for our uh, for our director spotlights. And uh, on a scale of one to ten, we'll start with my father. You know, we'll have him rate it outside of us. Uh, how how much you like in the movie, enjoyment wise, one to ten? I mean, I'm. It's it's probably one of my favorite movies. So I'm you know I um I'd give it I'd probably give it around a nine for me. Mm. I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I mean like as far as as far as back as I can remember, you know, uh, there are a few movies that you've always talked about as being like your favorite movies of all time. Gladiator. Um, yeah, for whatever reason. Oh, Gladiator. That's a classic dad movie right there. Yeah, that's that's, uh, so that's, that's dad movie rocks. Max. Um, yeah. Cinderella Man, yep, Cinderella Man, and this. These, those are the three yeah. that I can think of. So, like, if you would, like, I, I was, I was not going to be shocked if you threw a ten at this bad boy. But uh, a nine is about where I'm hovering. Um, mm-hmm. I liked this movie a great deal. Uh, Joe, what about you? How you feeling? I mean, I was. I, I'm thinking. Um, I kind of have a. I put a list. Uh, <laughs> my Scorsese ranking. Uh, com- of, of all the Scorsese's I have watched, and I thought about it a little bit more than last episode when I was just kind of throwing it together. And I have this number two, and it's only behind Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Um, and Wolf of Wall Street's just, I don't know, it's kind of, uh, you, you get a lot, it's it's funny, it's also a, a timepiece. Uh, I think Leo just is awesome as Jordan Belford in there, and then also, I don't just, uh, that's a crazy movie, but this is this is number two. Uh, first Scorsese for me, and uh, close like it, it could be number one is the thing from him. I mm. I, I really really enjoyed this one. It it, it kind of caught me just like After Hours did after I watched that one. I'm like, wow, that was that's just I don't know. I haven't really seen a movie like this before, and mm. I don't know. I've never 
I don't know. I, I guess I, my historical movies, maybe I just haven't watched a lot of them, but I've, I've period pieces. Yeah, this is like kind of the first movie I've just ever seen of this time period of New York and how real it was. Um, and how, uh, crazy it would be to live in this time. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. So I think I'm like, we gave an eight, seven, five to after hours and casino. And I think I'm either there or slightly above. So I'm either. I've got, yeah. I mean like my Scorsese ranking, cause I do the same thing you do after I watch a Scorsese movie, I throw it on the little letterbox list. I've got it at four, uh, behind Wolf of wall street, Goodfellas, and casino at three. And then after hours is at five. So like, uh, it's right there. Mm-hmm. It's right there with the eight, seven fives as well. So, um, I would personally be very cool with a nine if you wanted to throw at that. Um, personally, I can't tell you. Uh, me and you have a little bit of a different perspective of the gangster movies. I like those a great deal. Um, yeah, you have Casino and Goodfellas. I've only seen nine uh, Scorsese movies, and I have them at six and seven. Uh, Goodfellas. And, Isn't that and crazy Casino. though? Like you've watched Scorsese, you've watched nine Scorsese movies without probably realizing you've watched nine yeah, I was Scorsese movies. I was making the list, and I'm like, I've only seen like three or four, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, oh yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. And I'm like, oh yeah, Taxi Driver, that's him. I'm like, oh yeah, Goodfellas, that's him. Oh, The Departed, that's him. I'm like, the okay, Departed, I'm like, oh, the Departed wow. yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, well, I've seen, the, the ones you guys have reviewed so far. What, what's the average on on the enjoyable ranking? Uh, you know, eight seven all... five would be the highest. Okay. Um, uh, well, it's tied for the highest with with Casino yeah. and After Hours, and then we gave The King of Comedy an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm 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 hovering high up there, you know. Like uh, when it comes to eight seven fives or up that we've given in previous director spotlights, how do you feel about it in comparison to a movie like Tenet by Christopher Nolan? Yeah, it's pretty comparable. Um. Tenet just has the sci-fi thing, so for me personally, I'm more it a little bit. I'm more kind of into that. And there's a lot, a lot more going on with that story. This one's sure. this one's kind of a very simple story, but that's kind of the point, just to allow the character yeah, and time. It's got a, I mean, it's sim- like it's very similar to Casino in that regard. Like mm-hmm. it's very, it's just yeah. And I would Let say that it has an go. even greater emotional stake. So yeah. like, I'd be perfectly cool giving this a nine as well. Um, mm-hmm. We try like to be nine. as as lenient as we can possibly be, um, mm. or stringent, I should say. We try to go as low as we can without feeling like we're overshooting it. So, I think I, like I think nine's nine. fair. I do agree. Um, I like nine. And in terms of quality, not far off from that for me. How are you feeling about it on a scale of one to ten? Paps. Gosh. Okay. So what? Are, what's the uh, what's the measurement here? What are we talking? You know, about? it's just uh, overall, just how well done the movie is, the performances, the. Uh, uh, the the visuals the score there was only one moment with the score that i felt was a little odd and it was the anachronistic almost hip-hop rock thing they were at the beginning during the fight oh Um, yeah i didn't like that at all yeah i thought that was a little goofy which i mean like it's not enough to be like well this movie is just not as good for that reason but uh it's uh it's it's definitely something you could point to and go i'm not a huge i I personally was not a huge fan of that either but what's uh, funny is that this is the Watching it this time was the first time I'd noticed that. Yeah, I think that it's just a... It seemed out of place. Especially since they didn't return to that style of score at all for the rest of the movie. Um, If they had, maybe it would feel a little bit more fitting thematically, but I just thought it was interesting to do that and then be like, 
we're never touching something like that again. (laughs) So, uh, that's one little moment. And then the ending being a little muddled kind of does. Cause I remember watching it and being like, Oh, we're building up to this epic ending. And then they started throwing in a bunch of different elements that I didn't think were as important to the story itself. It it did more feed into that idea of New York kind of collapsing in on itself and then Mm -hmm. being built up again. So like, uh, yeah, I think that um, I think it it did cause confusion. Um, the the end, how they had all the the people that were anti draft and mm-hmm. and um, you know, attacking the the you know the union men. Yeah, and attacking the the rich, and mm-hmm. um, I think that did add confusion. I, I'd probably say, I mean, without having lived in that era, though, I think it captures something that is very believable that that's oh, how it sure. was you know i'd probably put it at i'd probably put it eight and a half just to just because um and it's funny because it had been so long since i watched it i'd kind of forgot about that confusing part at the end and watching it it really does take away from the build-up of the this whole time it's been about amsterdam and vengeance mm-hmm. on the death of his father and then you kind of throw this curveball in and it's confusing so I, i'm gonna go eight and a half on it I'm kind of, I'm in a similar, I, I like that idea too. I'm, I'm in a similar vein where I think that ending up, and I understand that the point of the ending, which I think did land, I, it would have landed regardless without right. enveloping all these different stories yeah. that weren't, I mean, they were, they were happening during the movie, but they were not important during the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, they were more hinting at, I mean, you know, people were getting off of the boats. I remember in the, the, whoever the, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the, the kind of mayor, whoever that guy yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Was basically, uh, they were basically uh, making people uh, citizens yeah. and then telling them they were going to war. Yeah. So there were those subtle things throughout. They were like, okay, you're an American now. We're going to pay you this to go fight for you. Now go fight for your yeah. country. I think. Yeah. That's what said. Yeah. Like you yeah, show up the same point, day. One of the mob at the end was to show like people were fed up and like they're like, no, we're not just going to you know, go to war. Like, obviously it's, this is a way for the rich to get out and just to send the poor to war. You know, no one has $300. And I think they got that point across every time because every time the draft came up, it showed all of the coffins as well. Like on every ship for every Mm -hmm. man that was getting on, there was almost a coffin, uh, uh, to, to match them, like being taken off the ship as well. And, and then you have that, uh, sign right here. This makes you a citizen, and then sign right here, yeah. and that makes you a soldier. And then you'll right. fight for the, the military. And then they probably don't understand English, you know. And they're just like, all right, like, I, like who knows if they even understand English, you know? And they're just like, just signing these papers because they think it's what they're supposed to do. And well, then they just become this might a... just be my uncultured ass. Uh, I had no idea there was an Irish language. I had no idea that that Irish. Just English. had their own language like there's a point when monk speaks irish and it it says he's speaking in a different he speaks in a different language and says speaks irish and i'm like oh "Oh, wow yeah Yeah." i don't know if that's just of a bygone era or i don't know if they're still doing that over in ireland but like i uh, guess it was only irish immigrants because i was just thinking it was just kind of immigrants and no yeah i think they were focusing on the uh the irish boats um as it were most irish uh, people do speak English though, um, yeah. I guess. Um, but these people just didn't have a choice. But yeah, I think I think they get the point across just by doing that, and they don't really need that that in the final battle. I mean, it is cool to have 
You know, I, I think it's probably historically correct to have the Navy fire upon the city. You know, like I think that mm-hmm. that probably did happen. So they needed to to have that in there at the end. Um, But I don't know. I think it, it the real ending that that we're all watching for is Amsterdam to kill Bill the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. We 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 just that's what we want to see. And we want to see it happen in front of everybody. But I kind of like the smoke out and yeah, everything. The thematic, the thematic tie to end it in yeah. in a haze as opposed to... Yeah, yeah um, but, it, it was, you know, if, we're, if I'm being honest, um, I remember that fight scene being a little more of a fight. Yeah, right. Because it really was... It, you know, they're both basically blown up, mm. right? And they're yeah. both laying there, and he just gets up quicker and kills him. Yeah. And I don't. Apparently. I didn't really specifically remember that. You know what I mean? It right. Like, oh, that, that's how that, that happened. That huh? happened quick. Yeah. You know, I mean, like it. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So I was reading some of the trivia, and apparently they did brawl. They had like this kind of the like because Daniel Day Lewis was very method, and he was just kind of insane, and they they just kind of got. I don't know. They they were just kind of brawling, like a little for real, but a little in character, and but they didn't capture it on camera. Um, no one like had the cameras out in time apparently like that, and they oh. they said they would have kind of used that for this moment where they're kind of looking at each other, and maybe they had this kind of last little brawl before. Yeah, that's something yeah, that but... Scorsese uh, he has a boxing movie uh from 1980 called Raging Bull, mm-hmm. and the action the the fighting in that one, I mean, it's the point of the movie, so it's directed a little bit uh better. You know, the fight scenes in this, the hand-to-hand combat, I thought was kind of horrendous. I had a tough time watching it. You know, like, uh, whenever Leo does fight the, the former Irishman at the beginning of the movie, they just kind of cut back and forth in front of them as they, like, swing, yeah. and all you see is someone, like, swinging and then someone swinging. Yeah, editing is and, pretty quick there. Yeah, yeah no, it's just, I thought it was, uh, it's well edited, and I think it kind of saves it, but it's just, I, you can't really tell what's going on. Um and i think that's important for a fight sequence i understand that it's not the point of this movie but if you're gonna have fights i want to see the fight you know i want to see what happens um so that would be like i don't have hardly any gripes with this movie uh but as always there's there are places to improve upon um i mean i i said that it kind of is visually kind of more more appealing than casino a little bit just just for the more of the set design and and mm. costume design and everything like that but i still think casino's probably an overall better made movie um even though like casino kind of doesn't really have a plot line you're just kind of on this roller coaster and then you mm. just kind of have to follow the ride this one kind of has somewhat of a plot line like you you know oh, i mean a much more where, i think a a much yeah more defined yeah much yeah. more definable yeah. plot line something you, you can know. point to because exactly. i mean yeah. ca- casino is much more abstract it's like ace rothstein's journey in vegas basically you know like it's like the trials and tribulations of living in las vegas as ace rothstein you know like uh, there's a bunch of shit that happens in that movie this is like it's incredibly focused you know it's uh it's and i think that does benefit it in a lot of ways but uh yeah i think uh I'm sitting in a pretty good spot with it. Because um, we gave Casino a 9.25, so that's that's the, the ceiling. After hours, we gave an 8.75, and I think, I don't know, I think I'm... I'd split it right down the middle there. I think it's about to be a 9, just a, a niner. Um, across Nines the across board. the board for us. 
Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think I think I do agree with that. Put it, it barely puts it below Casino, point one percent below. Um, but it does put it above After Hours and King of Comedy, in which there you go. Do agree? You know, Casino just has that has a grandness to it. Has a I don't know. There's yeah, like there's a much there's a much greater emotionality with this one that I felt I felt much more connected to Amsterdam than I did Ace Rothstein. You know, like where would you guys have Goodfellas? Goodfellas we did for the 52 year journey through film, oh, which was a whole, got it. So um, we had a whole different rating system then as well. Yeah, so it's, uh, hard to compare. Okay. okay. Um, but it would probably be like a 9.8 if I had to guess. Goodfellas, like, uh, yeah, we gave it a 4.85 as a film. Yeah, we, yeah we were much more particular. Like, we, we do um, 0.25 intervals now. Okay. We used to be like, <laughs> Well, if this is at a four six and this is at a four four, then this is a four five. Right. You know, like uh, that sort Even of thing. Seven uh, was like a four seven seven. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> yeah, like a cool. so, uh, yeah, we got pretty particular. But overall, yeah. it was a four nine two, which would be like a nine eight three yeah. for Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you double that, that's but, a very um, good movie. Yeah. Personally, yeah. it's still still top two for me, Scorsese wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird, it's but yeah, like when like, it, when you when you get down to it, as far as like what I want to, what I would like to rewatch, I think on any given day, I'd be more in the mood to watch Casino than I would Gangs of New York, personally. Um, nope. Not for you. Nope. No, I'm. I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I like his gang movies. I like them, and this one has gang in the title, but it feels the least gang movie out of mm-hmm. out of all of them. Um, but I I, I like it. I like nah, it. Man. I mean, well, like if if Casino had the had the the boys from Kansas City pulling up in like top hats, would you be down? <laughs> yeah, you know, if if they didn't disrespect our city and and say we can't even get a cup of coffee, I right? Uh, I couldn't make yeah. a cup of coffee. You know, maybe I'll consider the movie. And that's um, me. I'm Nicky Santoro. And that's it's just the quality of Scorsese. It's like I I say that. That it's like so much below, or like no way, I'm watching this one first. But it's like Casino is still Casino, and Goodfellas is yeah. still Goodfellas. Like no, I, I said like, that on the Casino episode last week. It's like if you're doing a ranking of Scorsese movies, it's like wow, that's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Eight, you know, like, right, <laughs> right, right. It's like he's just he got so such many, a deep filmography. So many movies where like a lot of people will say this is my favorite movie of all time. Like I've heard mm-hmm. The Wolf of Wall Street from a lot of people. I've Goodfellas. heard The Departed. From a yeah. lot of people, um, Taxi Driver, even from some, I don't, I don't understand that one. Uh, that I, I think, think that's one I need to revisit. Um, yeah, um, Travis Bickle. That I don't know. That that's a that's a nuts movie. I don't know how that could be a favorite of all time. Um, not quite the happy ending, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, he he just, he does have just such a deep filmography where it's it, he has a movie for everyone. It seems. Yeah, I mean, Goodfellas is probably a top five movie for me all time. Oh, it's so uh, easily, good. easily. Yeah, um, he has a movie that I, 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 I okay. probably need to rewatch Casino because, um, me being the old man I am, uh, for people that really, you know, and uh, when I was your guys' age, I didn't Scorsese. I, I didn't even know who yeah. Scorsese was, right? But I knew who De Niro and Pesci were, right? And so, I think I had such big expectations for Casino because of goodfellas mm. that i was disappointed mm-hmm. in casino and honestly i don't know that i've seen casino since maybe the first or second time i saw it when it like 
when it came out. Oh, no shit. So that might, that's probably worth a rewatch for me because I, I did hold it in a regard to where I was just the whole time I'm comparing it. Mm. I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be compared. It's not good. For, it's a totally different idea, totally different movie, you know, mm-hmm. but I remember just coming away from it thinking, well, that's no good fellow. Yeah. That's not right. even close to good fellow, you know, which probably isn't fair. No, right. But, uh, we own it now. You can watch yeah, it on, on our Apple. Um, I, it was for, it was available for five bucks the other day. So I was like, well, I'm going to scoop that up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, he's got a fantastic filmography. Like there's a, uh, he has one of my favorite sports movies of all time, which if you consider billiards a sport, um, uh, the color of money. He with, did color of money. Yeah. With Paul Newman, Paul Newman and, Tom and Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah. 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 I did see. I love that movie. I didn't even know that was his. That's Scorsese. Wow. Yeah. Like okay. he's, like his filmography is deep. Yeah. The color of money is a great movie. I didn't, I did not know that was his. He's got a fantasy children's movie called Hugo with Ben Kingsley and, uh, that, that came out in like 2010. Uh, like it's, it's just a, he, he does. It's it's kind of insane that he's known as the guy who does mob movies because he's just done so much. Was stuff. the Irishman him? Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. We will yeah, be covering that next Friday. There, I can't wait. That's that's what I've been waiting for. Maybe. Yeah. Have you ever um, seen the Irishman? No, I I have not. Um, is, that, is that the one that was straight to Netflix? That yes. Yeah. Speaking of okay. uh, Hoover and the FBI yeah, yes, J Edgar yeah. Hoover, yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, that's, that's a super cut of a movie there. That's like three and a half hours. Yeah. You know, we got Casino, which was three hours. This, that was two hours and 45 oh. minutes and the Irishman will blow them all out of the water. Right. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, but we got Shutter Island in the meantime next week with Leo and Mark Ruffalo and, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's one of Joey's favorites. Like I've never Shutter seen Island. that. I need to, Ooh, I need yeah. to check that one out. Yeah, I, gotta, I, like, gotta. I like Shutter Island. Um, it's a goodie. It's a goodie. Something. Notice something new every time I watch it. I think this will be my fourth or so watch. That one's got the that one's got the nice twist sort of mm-hmm. thing going on. It's it's fascinating. Uh, he did an interview recently where he talked about Shutter Island, and I should probably save this for the next episode. But uh, uh, <laughs> he called it uh, that was his like one for them. You know, like mm-hmm. a, you you make a movie for for the studio, you make one for yourself, uh... the next one, and the idea that Shutter Island used to be a one for them is like. Oh beyond wow. me yeah. like it's uh that's uh, 15 it's 2010 it's kind of a nolan ish movie like no I don't it know. does it's... feel like it would be more christopher nolan than yeah. scorsese and it's uh but it, it it works it really does so i'm excited to talk about it but uh i think with that we will conclude this episode of the penny bloom podcast if you would head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content including all sorts of book reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, and the like. Uh, for $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially. And for $1.50, you can get any written reviews that I do. Um, all that money goes into helping me put this podcast on because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to continue to download. That is a huge help for us, a very big help. Um, we've had a few great months in a row, and hopefully we're recording a little bit in advance. Hopefully October is on the same pace. Um, we're only 600 downloads shy of my goal for the year, and we're in October. So uh, it's looking like we're going to get there, and I'm very, very happy with that. Um, we'd have to have a terrible couple of months to not get there um, in comparison to some previous months. Uh, 
but uh yeah so thank you everybody who's tuning in we're gonna do it regardless of how many people are listening but it's a ni- it's nice to know that people are um remember to support or stand up and support you know just tweet about it whatever you can uh to support sag after you know people are kind of treating the strikes like they're over because wga came to an agreement but the actors are still on strike um, they deserve to own their likeness. They deserve to be paid for their work. I think that's unfair. You know, the logic follows for me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you, Pops, Justin Robertson. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I hope, uh, I hope I didn't jinx anything with the downloads you need. No, no. Um, love, I love seeing you guys do this and uh, enjoy chopping it up with you guys. Absolutely. And we hope to have you back sometime soon. For sure. Um, But remember, peace, love, and bloom. And when you kill a king, you don't stab him in the dark. You kill him where the entire court can watch him die.